You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. All right, hi everybody. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast, episode 157 here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and uh, entertained. My name is Chris G, and I'll be your host today. Today is Saturday, October 2nd, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great, Chris. Uh, glad to have you back in the hosting chair. And uh, the, the rumor is that you're so excited about uh, Laval Rocket training camp starting on Monday that you're 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 parked outside of Place Bell. Is is that true? Is there any truth to that? Uh, I can't confirm or deny it, but I'm not <laughs> far. Let's say I'm not far from uh, right. from Place Bell. But I'm really looking forward to uh, to the Rockets uh, to the Rocket season. It's going to be a great season, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's always a pleasure to cover them, being the arena and uh, and watching the the Canadian prospects. So so that's good. And we're only eleven days away, Rick, from the start of the regular season wow. for the Canadians, the first home game. So we're almost there, which is uh, which is also exciting for sure. Uh, coming up in uh, today's show, we're gonna have. Lots and lots and lots of Habs news, whether from the preseason games, from training camp in general. We're going to have a prospect report where we're going to talk about the Laval Rocket and uh, the Trois-Rivières Lions. And in our big segment topic, we're going to discuss the remaining battles to be settled from training camp because there's still some battles. Even though there's, there's three games remaining in the preseason schedule, there's still a lot of question marks on a couple of roster spots. So we're going to tackle all of that in today's episode. Canadians started off their preseason schedule last week on Saturday, and it wasn't a good start for the Canadians against the Leafs in Toronto, as the Leafs dominated the game in a 4-1 victory. Tyler Toffoli was the only goal scorer for the Canadians. And in the second period, they went through a stretch where the Canadians, it took them all the way to the 19th minute of play in the second period to get their first shot on uh, shot on goal. On Sunday, 
the Canadians played a red versus white intra-squad game. So it was the first time that uh, the Canadians were in front of their fans at the Bell Centre since the uh, Stanley Cup final. And the good news is that Montreal won. <laughs> Team Red <laughs> came victorious, 5-2 over Team White. Uh, UL Armia was the best player of the afternoon, scoring once, and he set up a uh, Joshua Roy for two goals in that game. On Monday, the Habs got revenge against the Leafs with a 5-2 win at uh, the Bell Centre. It was the Team White roster that was used for this match. Josh Anderson and Michael Pizzetta each scored a pair of goals. And Christian Dvorak, in his Canadiens debut, finished the night with uh, four points. And then on Friday, the Canadians, they were down 2-1 to one after 20 minutes, so still they were still in it. But then in the second period, the Senators scored four goals, and Ottawa ended up winning the match 7-2. to two, And the Team White, once again, was used on uh, Friday night. Uh, Jonathan Droy and Dennis Weidman each had a pair of assists in uh, that game. So it wasn't um, it wasn't a great start, at least on the ice for the Canadians through. Well, besides the interest interest squad game, but in the other three games, in terms of results, wasn't uh, very uh, positive for the Canadians. No, I'd agree with that. And uh, just one win uh, the on on the Monday night against uh, uh, the Leafs, and the Canadians used the 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 special teams uh, in that respect to uh, to get the victory. Uh, I think if if we've seen uh, if there's any kind of common thread between the the three uh, preseason games we've seen so far, um, Habs five on five haven't. Uh, in fact, they've been dominated at times um, in both uh, the uh, the Leafs games and and uh, and even against Ottawa, uh, which is not a good sign. Um, goaltending has been uh, a question mark, a big question mark. Uh, whether it was uh, Primo or or uh, Poulin or uh, Jake Allen, uh, they've all had their their difficult their their struggles. Um, if if there's been any player who's looked ready to go, uh, I'd have to say it's uh, you mentioned his name uh, in the red white game, Yol Armia. Um, he's uh, a new contract. It looks like he's ready to go and and uh, perhaps has been uh, the most most consistent Canadian uh, through the first three games. Yeah, he's definitely had a good camp so far. And, and one thing that I found that Canadians struggled, and, and I think it was very evident in uh, in Friday's game against uh, the Senators, a 7-2 loss, it was the defending. Mm-hmm. The defending in that game, like how many odd man rushes did the Canadians allow to the Senators on Friday night? It seemed like it was happening over and over throughout the, throughout the entire game. So still, uh, still lots to work on for Dominic Charm and his uh, coaching staff. Uh, and the, on Friday, the, the first big wave of cuts from training camp started on Friday with the 19 players getting cut uh, ahead of the game. And, you know, there's a, most of these, well, all these players will report to the, the Laval Rocket. Some notables like Louis Belperio and Xavier Wallet had to clear waivers in order to, uh, before reporting to the Laval Rocket, and they cleared the waivers. And then following last night's game against the Senators, Lucas Vendemo, Jan Mishak, and uh, Fortin were all uh, sent assigned to the Rocket, but Vendemo uh, has to clear waivers before heading to Laval. 
And then on Saturday, so earlier today, there was three more cuts announced. Uh, Danik Martel, uh, Kevin Poulet, and one more player, Fortier, right? Was the third player that was uh, assigned to the Rocket today. So it seems, Rick, that we're getting teams getting smaller and smaller and closer to um, to what the final roster will look like. Down to, uh, f- I think at last count, it was 44 players in camp. Uh, we expect there's going to be another large round of cuts um, after uh, Saturday night's game, whether they'll be announced Saturday night or Sunday. Uh, we're not quite sure. Probably Sunday. Uh, and uh, get it down to uh, all, you know, um, Dominic Ducharme said he there, he wants uh, one team. Uh, they've been broken up into Team A, Team B. Um, he wants it down to one team by Monday. Uh, so uh, expect a big round of cuts uh, in, in the next 24 hours. Uh, and as you said, most of them on their way to Laval. Um, uh, with the with the exception, there was a bit of confusion after last night's game with Jan Mishak, but it's been confirmed that he will go back to the OHL, uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs. He was, of course, eligible uh, to join Laval. He had played 22 games with Laval last season, uh, but the Canadians uh, apparently feel that he'll be better off getting uh, lots of ice time and playing a prominent role with the Bulldogs this season. Yeah, and Garcia was a little bit surprised that, of that decision. I agree. I, I was, I was expecting to uh, at least head to Laval, at least for training camp or something. But yeah. uh, I was, I was a little bit surprised on that. But you know, it's okay. It's a young player. Let him go down there. Like I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad for his development going to the OHL. But I was still surprised that that's a decision that they that they made. And, and let's just say I, that that he's looked, uh, he's not looked out of place at. Uh, uh, training camp. He was very good in the rookie camp, and and he's held his own in in uh, the main training camp. Uh, he's he's a feisty kind of player. He he's got a great work ethic. Uh, he works hard on faceoffs, and and uh, so I, you know, uh, I I thought he he might have something to contribute to Laval, but uh, they feel uh, differently, and and are sending him to the OHL. And and one of the one of the main, well, one of the storylines in the Canadian training camp has been like the injuries. The Canadians' injury list keeps on growing as the days go by, and it seems like it, it it's not getting smaller; it's just getting bigger, which is uh, which might be a little bit concerning. And if we go through the list, uh, Cedric Paquette is out with a, a lower body injury. Matthias Norlander, you know, he is also out with a what they called a minor injury. Won't be playing uh, tonight on uh, Saturday night against the the Senators again, and he he had an MRI, but it's still minor for some reason. Uh, Joel Edmondson, uh, it appeared that earlier this week had a setback. He had stopped skating, but uh, he he did skate now on his own. He's still day to day. For how long? Who knows. Uh, last week, Dominic Sharp said it would have been last Monday. Now, a week later, he still hasn't returned. Uh, Canadian goaltender Carey Price, he's, he's scheduled to hit the ice on Monday after taking a few days off away from the ice. Uh, Cole Caulfield, he got hurt during the, the warm-ups of the inter-squad game last weekend. Uh, he said that he feels ready 
but there's no word of when he'll officially return. He's not in the lineup on Saturday night, so we'll, we'll see when he'll be back. And then there was still the uh, the injuries that we knew about previously. Mike Kaufman still out, will likely miss the start of the regular season. And then Paul Byron out until December, and, and we already know about Shea Weber. So, Rick, that list... Is that is that a concern for you? Like the number of players that that are on it? Well, I think you may, and and we'll add one more to that list uh, that it was revealed this morning at uh, Dominic Ducharme's uh, press availability that uh, Sammy Niku is out indefinitely. He has uh, been diagnosed with a concussion, slammed uh, in from behind, slammed into the the glass uh, in Friday night's game uh, by Josh Norris. Josh Norris not penalized. Uh, Sammy Niku got. We saw he had a left the the, the game and didn't return uh, with a cut, uh, but but suffered that concussion as well. But um, the the point that you you made is the list is not getting shorter. Uh, some of these injuries, which Dominic Ducharme kind of played down and said are are oh they're just minor. Joel Edmondson will be out a, a day or so, and 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 it's lingered. Um, and and as you said, uh, he seemed to have a setback. Uh, he described, or uh, it was described as he he'd have a good day and then a bad day, and and a good day and a bad day. So, sounds like swelling might be an issue for for Edmondson, although the injury itself is isn't hasn't been uh, disclosed. Um, Cole Caulfield, you mentioned what an odd injury, and it, it's apparently a a shoulder injury, although he's he's. Uh, pronounced himself as as 100%. Uh, but that was just a, a really bizarre kind of injury. Um, but all of these, uh, yeah, you, you might you might expect, um, you know, Cedric Paquette with a groin pull, you expect those kinds of things uh, in camp, but um, you expect people to come back. And we haven't yet uh, seen that, although, you know, Cole, Cole Caulfield might be the first one of that grouping that was mentioned to, uh, to be back. Um, yes, he alone in, um, not necessarily an injury, but just, uh, we can, we can mention him here, uh, spoke about, uh, having his first vaccination, uh, and that he'll have his second, uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, but there's, uh, what, what makes this, uh, concerning is that, uh, the injuries are lingering, and those they might affect uh, the injuries might affect decisions about uh, the opening night roster, and we'll talk about that a little later in segment two. Yeah, and 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 also like I'm like my first initial reaction is okay. Well, were these a lot of these injuries caused because of the shortened off season? Like for Joel Edmondson, like if if the, the if the Canadians would have had like a normal uh, length of off season, you know, would he have time to recover and be ready for camp? You know, for Carey Price, if if he if the Canadians didn't go to a Stanley Cup final or they had like a regular amount of time for like the off season, well, he probably would have had time to recover from a surgery from now and be ready for uh, for camp. But then there's other players like Paquette, Norlander, etc., who seem to have suffered injuries during uh, camp itself. So. And just uh, on that point, uh, I thought I, I thought the same thing. Is is this uh, is this because the Canadians' uh, off season was so short? Just out of interest, I took a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, 
uh, who have, I, uh, at last I checked, two sm- minor injuries in, uh, in, in camp. Uh, injuries are not an issue for Tampa Bay, who had had the same amount of time off as did the Montreal Canadiens. Well, yeah, so so that's interesting. So, so we'll, we'll keep our eyes open for the injuries, and for sure it's an evolving list, as we've seen it so far at uh, training camp. In in next news, we could mark this the next news as in the good news category. On Thursday, Quebec Health Minister Christian Dubé announced in a press conference that full capacity will be allowed at all indoor sports and culture venues with assigned seating. Uh, including theaters and uh, concert halls in uh, Quebec, and obviously like the passport and the mask rules will remain uh, the same. So that's as of October 8th. So which means that in time for the Canadians' home opener, they'll be able to um, to host a full capacity of 21,105 fans at the Bell Centre and a full capacity as well for a Place Bell in uh, Laval. So, Rick, the Canadians, they were asking for this uh, since the playoffs. Well, they would ask for increased capacity since the, the last playoffs. It, it didn't happen. And this time it seemed like the Canadians weren't expecting it. Not a lot of people were expecting it. But it seems like it's going to come around in time for the start of the regular season. Uh, I didn't expect it. Um, to go from 7,500 uh, uh, rights to, to that uh, that number, uh, twenty-one one hundred five, and for the uh, the sharp listeners uh, in our audience, that number is different uh, than it has been in uh, the last time the Canadians had capacity twenty-one three hundred two, uh, and that's because of um, of a VIP lounge uh, where they've taken out seats and it, part of the remodeling that went on um, at the Bell Center last year. Um, which has has um, opened new opportunities for revenue, but reduced seats. Um, but back to, uh, I, I think it's, it, you know, it's exciting news and, and it's, uh, getting back to normal is certainly something we all want in every facet of our lives. Is it too much too soon? We, we don't, we won't know. Um, but, um, I, I think it's, you know, Jeff Petrie, uh, in his, uh, media availability talked about how, um, you know, he said about it being exciting for the fans, but he, he particularly noted that it's, it's uh, going to be uh, a real boost for the new players that are in the lineup, some of whom have visit, been there as visiting players in the Bell Centre, but, but to get that rush of, of uh, being the home team and when you, uh, Petrie mentioned, when you, when you skate out onto the ice and the place goes crazy, a full building, uh, it can be a real difference uh, for uh, for the Canadians. And we even saw like, uh, Tyler Toffoli tweeted as soon as the announcement came out, and the Canadians posted on Twitter account. Tyler Toffoli went and shared his uh, his excitement for it because he hasn't been he hasn't played in Montreal in front of a full crowd as a home player at um, at the Bell Centre. So now, like the, the next question around this topic is, you know, how ready will the Canadians, the, the group Sash, will be to accommodate all these fans? Yeah. So there was so there was a report that the Canadians, like, they weren't expecting this announcement. Like, they're happy about it, obviously, but they weren't expecting it. And and even, like, they, a couple, actually, it was the last time I was on, so it was, like, three weeks ago, we spoke about how the tickets would be assigned. So all the October seats, the tickets were already sent out 
to a ticket holder. So for the season ticket holders in October, well, they can't have their regular seats because they've been distributed amongst other fans. So it's going to cause some, you know, s- some logistic issues. And even Group Seash, they, they're hosting career fairs on October 5th and 6th. So that's Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday at the Bell Center, Wednesday at Place Bell, looking for uh, part-time uh, workers to work these events. So they need to get these employees, they need to get ready to accommodate these fans in uh, both venues. So it will be quite, um, I'm sure... The management team, like or the operations team, are working. They're going to work from now until then, <laughs> very hard to make sure that everything is ready for um, for the venues for October eighth and uh, and later. And you know that includes their Venco and it includes all their uh, their companies. So, quite the challenge coming up for them. No, it's it's uh, as you said a logistical headache for them. Uh, because of the way that the tickets have already and and season ticket holders had to make tough choices about uh, not getting their seats and about not getting every game and being limited. Uh, the other part of this is that um, I know I've I've had uh, we have a uh, Rocket Sports has a, uh, a ticket partner uh, for the the aftermarket tickets, um, and I had many uh, fans contacting me asking where they could get tickets for specific games in October. Uh, when they went to, to get those tickets, the prices were high. Um, but they, they went ahead. They were games that they wanted, and they went ahead and purchased those. Now, all of a sudden, there's, there's going to be a flood of tickets on the market, uh, and those prices cheaper, and, and those people aren't going to be happy either. So, um, it, it, you know, the bottom line is there's going to be a, a full building, and, and everybody's happy about that, but it isn't without its... Uh, its headaches as well. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I'm not even sure they'll, they'll they'll fill the building. I'm not sure. Yeah. Also, we have to take consideration: are people how many people will be comfortable to go into yeah. that kind of setting? So, so that'll be interesting to keep our uh, eyes out open as well. Uh, on Saturday, the Canadians announced the selection of forward Jonathan Drouin as a recipient of the Jean Belfort trophy for the 2021 season. An award is given annually to the Canadian player who best exemplifies leadership qualities in the community. And the trophy is accompanied by a $25,000 donation made by the Canadian Children's Foundation to a charity of the player's choice. Uh, Previous winners, Philip Dano, won it last season. And prior to that, other winners have been Shea Weber, Brendan Gallagher, Max Pacioretty, P.K. Subban, Kerry Price, Brian Giantel, Michael Camilleri, Maxime Lapierre, Patrice Brisbois, Alex Kovalev, Francis Bouillon, Steve Bergen, and Saku Koivu. So, reckon individual honor for uh, Jonathan Drouin, and I believe he 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 was with Miss Belleville earlier today. That's right, accepting the trophy, and uh, you know he, he's been his golf tournament has been very successful um, this year, raising. I believe it was over $800,000 uh, for the University of Montreal uh, Foundation uh, Hospital. And um, uh, the, the uh, work that he's done for that golf tournament in, in, uh, in raising the, the amount of money over the last four years, I believe, is uh, and, and always getting a good turnout, always getting uh, a lot of alumni out to that. Um, it's, um, it's a, it's an, 
event that's 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 very popular on the on the calendar. And Dominic Ducharme said this morning that uh, uh, Jonathan Duran has always been there also to uh, support him and help him with his own, with the Ducharme's own uh, charity golf tournament. So uh, an honor that was uh, um, a good way to start the season for, uh, for Jonathan Duran. Yeah, very, for sure. It's a good, a great award. And, and regardless of whether the player gets recognized or not, anybody who gives back to their community, especially like the, the hockey players who are role models for several uh, people, it's it's always good showing that to give back to the to the community. So so it's great. All right, let's move on, Rick, to the Canadians prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right, Rick teased it at the top of the uh, the episode today, but the Laval Rocket training camp is opening. Is, it opens on Monday. The official list of attendees, you know, will will be published before that time. But you kind of have an idea, right? Like all these bunch of players, twenty uh, odd something players that were assigned to Laval Rocket. Spoiler alert: will be at training camp on uh, Monday at um, at Place Bell. So, Rick, this will be a f- uh, the first time, I guess, officially that uh, Jean-François will, will be able to get on the ice as a member of the Laval Rocket. Uh, Jean-François Houle, uh, who was uh, the who led the, the, the rookie camp, so many of the players would be familiar with him. But as you said, yes, in his official role as head coach of the uh, Laval Rocket with his brand new coaching staff, and uh, and they'll have a very short time uh, to uh, well, th- these guys have have uh, been p- put through their paces already in the the rookie camp and yeah. the main camp, uh, but they'll have a very short time uh, to get some chemistry going and the lines sorted out and and uh, ready for uh, their exhibition um, for the and and for the season, I guess. Yeah, and the preseason is coming up relatively quickly for them. It's next Friday and Saturday, uh, both games in Belleville, uh, on Friday against the Senators and then Saturday against uh, the Marley. So it's coming very quickly for Laval Rocket as well. And then, you know, still driving, it's about what, Trois-Rivières to Laval is about an hour, an hour and a half. While on Friday, the, the Trois-Rivières Lions unveiled their official jerseys. Uh, they did that on uh, TVA Sports during uh, the Jean-Charles Lajoie's program. And, you know, I, I love the logo, the jerseys. You know, I, I was expecting a little bit more, but, uh, you know, the jerseys were uh, were unveiled on f- on Friday and available to be purchased through their, their official store. Uh, the jersey's predominantly blue, and and the logo is great. Uh, by the way, um, um, with a lion's head, mostly in a fleur de lis um, uh, form, um, but mostly blue at home, and then white uh, on the road. And that will switch at at some point during the season. Um, there, it has um, uh, vertical stripes on it, which I I find odd. <laughs> it's just very odd. Uh, there's kind of red piping uh, throughout, which which is uh, kind of the connection to the Canadians. Um, I find it odd that there's there's no uh, Canadian CH on a shoulder patch. Uh, 
the only uh, connection to the Canadians is uh, there's a, a logo on the pants. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to take a little to get used to. I, I think I agree with you. There was probably, uh, opportunity to do more with the, uh, with, with the jerseys, but, uh, it is what it is. And, and it's nice to have, uh, it's nice to have an ECHL affiliate for one, the Canadians haven't had yeah. one of those for a long time and it's nice to have them close by. Yeah, they, they they set the bar high with the logo. I think that's why we might be a little bit underwhelmed by the by the jersey because the logo is is fabulous. And for those wondering, uh, their first game is October twenty first uh, against the Newfoundland Growlers. Yeah, both teams owned by the same owner. That's mm-hmm. uh, quite <laughs> quite the ECHL. Uh, that's there, but all all is good. Like we've seen it in other leagues as well in the in the queue with the same thing. Multiple uh same owners owning multiple teams. And Dean McDonald right has a third team. Um I believe it's an Iowa the Iowa team. Um yeah he he yeah. has uh, Dean McDonald has, has three in the league. Yeah before you know he's gonna take over the the ECHL and own everything. <laughs> <laughs> so Rick why don't you tell us about uh, the Prezzo in Montreal which is coming up on uh, Tuesday with yourself and Amy. Presso Montreal is uh, our sister podcast that focuses on uh, the Laval Rocket, focuses on prospects, uh, Montreal Canadiens prospects. And uh, this week, uh, we're going to have another round of the AHL Hot Stove, which has been pretty popular with uh, uh, the AHL writer for the NHL doc- for NHL.com, which is Patrick Williams, and with Amy Johnson, the three of us, uh, we choose uh, uh, topical issues and current issues and and have a, a bit of a, a go around. So um, uh, make sure that you're you're subscribed to the Press Zone Montreal. Um, you want to do that before the season starts so you don't miss an episode there. All right, so we'll stay tuned and you can do that on your favorite uh, podcast player. All right, let's move on now to um, to some other Canadians news. Uh, Brendan Gallagher had missed the start of camp due to family reasons, and he was back this week. And while we already knew that Brendan Gallagher will be wearing an A throughout the, the season, he'll be the only one that'll be wearing an A for the 82-game schedule. Uh, the other A's will be will be rotated throughout the season by a handful of players. And well, with with the return of Brendan Gallagher, there was a lot of talk around leadership surrounding the Montreal Canadiens. And Brendan Gallagher was asked about Shea, Shea Weber. And let's hear what, uh, what he had to say. Uh, you know, no advice, but you're in contact with him every single day. Um, you have a pretty good understanding of, uh, you know, first of all, what he went through in his career. Uh, you, you completely understand and respect, uh, you know, what, what he's done and uh, looking back how much he was able to help me personally and pretty much every player on our team that got the chance to play with him. Um, you just learn so much. There's there's everything that you know, his intangibles on the ice that, you know, I think are going to make him a Hall of Famer, uh, which is, is a pretty special thing to say and you don't say it lightly, but I fully believe that. And uh, But it's more so what he did away from the rink when the cameras were off, how he carried himself, uh, how he treated his teammates, how he treated the staff, going back to his days in Nashville and the respect that he had for, for every single one of his teammates and, and how he brought it every single night. So there's a lot to learn from getting the chance to play with a guy like that. It's, it's pretty special. It doesn't come by often. Uh, I think we're all pretty fortunate to get that opportunity. 
Um, first of all, just as far as the clip there, you hear some talking in the background. That's not from Chris and I, that's, uh, that's the part of the clip that was, uh, uh, going on in the background behind Brendan Gallagher. Um, so just to explain that the other thing, just what he said, there's a lot of admiration there for, um, uh, Shea Weber and with Shea Weber not uh, uh, being healthy enough to play this this year, uh, there was a question of a leadership vacuum. But uh, he obviously uh, touched many uh, uh, in, in well, it touched everyone in the organization, uh, left a legacy, and uh, and and many of of the players who will be the leaders this year uh, have learned how to do that. Uh, from Shea Weber and, um, you know, Brendan Gallagher uh, perhaps making the bold statement there that uh, that he expects Shea Weber will be a Hockey Hall of Fame uh, candidate uh, at some point. Yeah, but I think I think there's no doubt about it. I think he'll, he will end up in the, in the, in the Hall of Fame. But uh, Gallagher had more to say about the Canadiens captain Shea Weber and let's hear in this clip if the people in the background uh, kept quiet. I think that was the thing that, that made Webby so special was, um, you know, there wasn't a day uh, where he didn't do the right thing. He was just, you know, uh, if you want a, a perfect example to learn, learn from and look at, it was it was him and the fact that he would just, in the sense that he would just, uh, you know, stay true to who he was as a person, but he, you know, he was always aware of what the right thing to do was. He was always aware young guys were looking at him and watching him, and, and he was just a really good role model in that sense that he just did everything. Uh, proper nope they didn't stay quiet at all (laughs) (laughs) Um, but more importantly what Gallagher said um, that uh, it's interesting that um, he said there a a very powerful statement uh, there wasn't a day where he didn't do the right thing and um, that's a pretty heavy burden and not all um, uh, players can bear that burden that knowing that you're being watched knowing that you're expected to be a role model uh, knowing that um, you have to act the right way in every situation and to everybody you meet. Uh, pretty remarkable words, uh, again, uh, and it's it's a, it, a, a lesson in leadership that uh, Shea Weber has given uh, his teammates. And and I still remember, was it a year ago or two years? I'm, I'm bad with time, but Mark Bergevin, when at one point he had spoken about Shea Weber, and, you know, this was when Shea Weber was still playing, so it was at least a season ago. And Mark Bergevin had mentioned at that time that what Shea Weber has brought to the team and to the organization like will be felt like for years and many years to come, even after Shea Weber is done. So so for sure he's had uh, quite the impact on the, uh, the organization and and to its players. Let's hear now from uh, from his defensive partner from the last couple of seasons, Ben Sherrod, who was asked about whether he needs to, uh, you know, step up. I guess his leadership now that Shea Weber isn't uh, won't be around. Sat beside Shea. Uh, I was with Shea every single day. Um, talked to him every single day. He was probably my best buddy on the team. Guy I did the most stuff with. So. Um, Took a lot from him and the way he he handles himself and his leadership style. No one's going to be Shea Weber, um, but if I can uh, if I can even be a small piece of him, then then uh, I'd be happy with that. 
I, I like the way uh, Sherrod has been speaking during uh, training camp. And, um, and you can see that, that uh, he's going to be, whether he wears an A or not, he is going to be a leader. And, uh, and perhaps he took the most from uh, being paired with uh, Shea Weber. And the two of them spent uh, a lot of time together. Um, and, and uh, you know, he's the kind of... Uh, a uh, guy who maybe isn't going to rant and rave, uh, but but as soon as he speaks, he's the kind of person that uh, uh, you listen to because he's always very thoughtful with his words. So um, expect in this in this uh, this group leadership to replace uh, Shea Weber and 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 Corey Perry and and uh, Eric Stahl and those uh, the others who contributed last year. Um, there, there are going to be some new uh, leaders emerging this season. Yeah, for for sure. So a lot of players are going to have to step up to leadership uh, this uh, this season. Uh, let's move on now to NHL broadcast rankings that were published in the Athletic earlier this week. So there was a survey done to fans to rank their local and national uh, broadcasts. So this was fans of every team uh, evaluating what they see on TV. So their their TV broadcasts. And we won't go through the list of all 31 NHL broadcasts. We'll give you the highlights. Uh, You're probably not surprised, but uh, the worst broadcast team was the Boston Bruins. So Jack Edwards, you know, do we need to say anything more (laughs) about him? But uh, they finished uh, last place. The best, the highest ranked, were the New York Islanders with uh, with Burke handling the, the play-by-play. And then the Canadians, they ranked about midway, just like where they usually rank at the end of the regular season. Usually they always rank mid-rank mid for everything, the Canadians. But they finished 14th in, uh, in this survey. It's it's a fascinating survey and uh, and it's it's meaningful in that they they had five thousand people uh, participate uh, and as you said both uh, giving a rating for their local market their favorite team as well as as uh, the broadcasts they see nationally so each team got uh, you know a separate local ranking and a national ranking uh, by their own fans by the rest of the league's fans and then that was all kind of. Uh, tallied to to give an overall all rank. Uh, the Nessan, the, the the New England Sports Network, with uh, with uh, Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley, that's always last. And and if you've ever had the the pain of having to listen to it, you you understand why. Uh, uh, Jack Edwards is is ridiculous in his homerisms and and. Uh, it's an awful broadcast ad to be forced to listen to. Uh, Brendan Burke, uh, we actually know pretty well because uh, he was an AHL broadcaster. We sat in the press bo- or sat beside him during games uh, uh, many times, uh, and he's uh, he, he's been promoted and and looks after the Islanders broadcasts, some national broadcasts, and and uh, he does a, a pretty good job for uh, for the Islanders. Um, and in it's it's uh, uh, funny to see. I I enjoy uh, the chances I get to see the the Winnipeg Jets broadcast, and I think Dennis Bayak is a very good play by play guy. Nationally, um, most fans agree with me. Most out of market fans agree with me. Uh, they're ranked as the best Canadian broadcast nationally. 
with uh, a rank of number four nationally. Uh, but the Jets fans don't like the broadcast. They rank him 21st, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, the, the Canadians, I mean, uh, the difficulty there is that you've got a TSN broadcast, you've got a Sportsnet broadcast, some prefer, most prefer TSN, some prefer Sportsnet. Uh, and there's a, there's a lack of unity, a lack of continuity there. Um, so that, that really suffers. And then there's, you know, the split between the, the English broadcasts and the French broadcasts, and they each have their own pros and, and cons. So I think that's why the Canadians broadcast is, uh, comes out in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I, I agree. Like being in, in, in the market, like I think, the, especially like on, on the, um, on the TSN side, most of the time it's Brian Mudrick like that's handling the play-by-play sometimes you know if he has other assignments like for curling or other events and like Dan Robertson would come in and then on the analyst side it's always a rotating door yeah. one game it's Mike Johnson next day it's Dave Fooling next day it's uh, Jamie McClendon like we saw on Friday and I think that hurts the, the quality of uh, of the broadcast that it's always different people like you said there's no continuity and the fact that, you know, you keep after changing channels uh, makes it harder for um, to have a, a good quality broadcast. So. For sure. Um, let's move on now to some NHL news and notes. Well, last week uh, in um, on the Canadian Connection, yourself and Amy, you discussed that the NHL announced a crackdown on uh, cross-checking. And, well, here's a clip of uh, Ben Sharat. Uh, he's thrown a couple of cross-checks himself, and he was asked if uh, he'll have to modify his game because of the new rule. Um, my game? Probably not Not at all. I don't uh, do that ever. <laughs> and, and the reporters broke into laughter when he said, I don't do that ever, cross-check, um, <laughs> because obviously we've we've seen otherwise. Um, but uh, uh, that that was a, a fun moment this week um, in in Ben Chirot, uh response, and and he went on to say that um, you know there's there's going to be an adjustment period uh, that there's there's uh, as as with um, with with every um, you know enforcement of the rule, and he said you're going to be seeing all kinds of penalties um, uh, early on, and then you know after a few weeks it's it's going to calm down. Um, and he talked about there's ways, uh, ways of moving and guiding players uh, without the, the blatant uh, two hands uh, across uh, and the stick across the back. So um, he, he's not, he's not he, he understands and has been through these kind of um, uh, rule uh, enforcements before and, and um, he doesn't expect it to be an issue. No, normally what happens and when two new rules, they, they get enforced for the first month, first six weeks, whatever that is of the season, then general managers complain, and then it goes back to the way it was yeah. before. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that plays out this year. Um, so with the season, like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, the season starts on October 12th in the NHL, so that's it'll, 10 days away. So we're almost around the corner, and... Well, Rick Rocket Sports has started posting a season previews by a division, and already the first one by by Mike uh, and his crew already was uh, posted earlier this week. 
That's right. Um, Mike Rashel's taken on this uh, big project, uh, uh, one of our, our Rocket Sports contributors, and uh, he's involved the entire team as well as some guest contributors uh, to, uh, to do projections for uh, each team, each of the, the uh, 32 teams, um, and uh, we'll have four posts. Um, it's a series of four by division. Um, if you go to allhabs.net right now, you can find the Atlantic Division uh, season preview. And um, just a, um, a bit of a teaser that um, you'll, you'll, as you go from, from uh, place to place, you'll see that the Canadians' uh, projections, um, not, many of them are consi- not many are considering the Canadians to be a uh, playoff team. Um, this year, um, Mike has a bit more optimistic view and he lays out his reasons why. And, and you may want to check that as well as, uh, as the, the other divisions come out, uh, where the other teams kind of line up. So, uh, go to allhabs.net and, uh, check out, uh, that article, check out all of the other articles that, uh, you may have missed and get ready for the season because it's uh, coming pretty soon. I'm going to reserve my uh, my prediction till next weekend. I'm going to wait <laughs> to right. see how exhibition goes, how the rest of the injury list go, goes, because I think the injuries will, will play a factor in my prediction as well. All right. Of, of how that goes. All right. So, so good job by Mike and his team. And we're going to take our first break here now on the Canadians Connection. Coming up next in our big topic segment, while there's still some roster spots up for grabs, We'll review these battles when we come back. Stay with us. This is the Canadian Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Week three of football, it's in the books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So to kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. So listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. Now, if Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
All right, welcome back to Canadian's Connection podcast on the Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Chris G, and you can find me on Twitter at ChrisHabs360. And with me in our studio is Rick Stevens, the president and founder of Rocket Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, AllHabs. And you can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast uh, app, just like the one you're listening to us right now. And don't forget to throw in a rating and uh, your comments as well on um, on the Canadian's connection. All right, in the, for a big topic segment, well, we're expecting, well, a large a next big round of cuts following uh, Saturday night's game against uh, the Senators. So by Monday, the Canadians will have one group. So there'll be one practice. So Dominic Ducharme will, will get his team closer and closer. He's mentioned, what, 25, 26 players left for Monday. So which means that there will be two, three, four extra players from the final roster because then the goal is that for the last two preseason games, it's as close to the um, regular season roster as as possible. There's still a couple of questions, a couple of roster spots still uh, available up for grabs. Well, one of the battles that is still uh I guess to be to be one is for that fourth line center spot between it appears to be Ryan Paling or Cedric Paquette, and and who knows like today we're gonna see tonight Mathieu Perrault play center as well so who knows is his name getting thrown into that battle as well but at least so far it seems that it's been primarily between Paling and Cedric Paquette who's out with a uh, with an injury, and while Ryan Paling he was he met with the media on uh, Thursday, and. He's been in the spotlight. Ryan Ping has been in the spotlight since the start of the of the season. And even last time I was hosting the show with Rick, we were talking about, you know, the battle there for the number three, number four center involved, Paling involved, uh, Jake Evans as well. And Ryan Paling this week, he was asked, how does he approach these uh, evaluation games? Doing what I've done in the past and just don't focus too much on that. It's not all going to come down in one to one situation, but it does matter a lot. So for me, it's just playing my game and trusting yourself and then trusting the guys you're playing with and then just enjoying it and having fun. I think that's a good attitude. And, and um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, the evaluation has to be done in, in total. It's not just how one, a player played in, in uh, one game. You, you, as, a, as an organization, as a head coach, you don't want um, the players going out and and uh, you know working too hard or doing things they wouldn't normally do. You want the you want them to go out and feel that they can make a mistake and and that uh, overall their their uh, their overall uh, evaluation their the the assessment include everything, including how Ryan Paling played last year in in uh, Laval. Um, which he had a very strong season, and and um, you that's what Ryan Paling's expecting, and and let's hope that's uh, the way that the the coaching staff is and and management is going to evaluate this as well. And uh, tonight, Ryan Paling he's going to play on the line with uh, Arturi Lekin into his left, and Jesse Yelon into his right. And last Saturday, in the first game of the preseason. Uh, 
Paling was also paired up with Lekunin to his left. There was Laurent Dauphin to his right. And while Paling was asked to talk about uh, what he could learn from Arturi Lekunin. Yeah, I mean, I've always looked up to Lecky. He's a great player and he's a good person, but he plays hard and he's always in the right spot. And I think that that's something you can add to your game and then it's also easy to play with. So you know where he's going to be. He's always going to make the right play and he's, he's hard in battle. So it's, it's good for myself to kind of learn from that and I'll also play with him. It, it, it's a lot of fun. Maybe an odd uh, role model, uh, or maybe people think it's an odd role model, but um, I thought it was. It's it's a very good one for Ryan Paling because uh, he's he's absolutely right that uh, positionally, uh, Arturi Lekkonen's always in the right spot. He always his work ethic is high. Uh, you know that that uh, he's a great four checker. Um, that he wins battles, uh, that uh, he creates uh, scoring opportunities uh, for his linemates. Now, uh, as a finisher, that's not necessarily his uh, his strong suit, but there's a lot of positives that uh, Ryan Paling can look to a player like uh, Arturi Lekkinen and, and, uh, and, and learn and take from. Yeah, for sure, and I agree with with uh, what you mentioned for in terms of the, the work ethic for for Lekkonen. and you know the center line since the start of the camp, like for me, has been the biggest concern for the Canadians. Like when we're looking, like right now, number one center is uh, Nick Suzuki, Dvorak at number two, and then at the number three, number four spot, you know, it's between Evans, Paling, Paquette, Pelo. So regardless of which two of those names that you put into the number f- three and number four slot, I'm still concerned for um, for how the Canadians are going to be down the middle. And, you know, Rick, I like to make projections. I like to throw my prediction out there, just try to anticipate what's going to happen. And even now I have no idea how this, the, the number, like the centers is going to end up for the first game of the regular season. I'm, I'm more confident now that Jake Evans has a spot in the with with the Canadians, but I don't know what's gonna happen with that fourth spot. So I don't know if you have a- anything that you know could help me make this decision simpler because I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing for me, uh, Jake Evans has played two games and hasn't looked very good in either of them. I'm not saying that. Uh, uh, I, I think that that spot is pri- uh, the third uh, line spot is. Uh, uh, his to lose, uh, I, I think uh, he. Ha- but but he he hasn't gone out and and um, and shut the door uh, to any kind of conversation because um, he hasn't played uh, particularly well. I expect that he will um, uh, as we go forward here. Um, you know, uh, uh, Dom Deschamps said, uh, "Listen, a guy like Perot were." Uh, he's going to play there tonight. Uh, he isn't. He isn't uh, necessarily a solution uh, unless other bad things happen. Uh, and and I guess he's talking about injuries or or uh, demotions to Laval or that sort of thing. That because of of uh, Perot's back issues and his his uh, his difficulty with faceoffs uh, that he can play there. But it's going to be a short term thing. It's going to be a, a fill in kind of thing. Uh, that that it's not a plan for for the full season. Uh, Cedric Paquette, um, he's only played one uh, game so far in the preseason. Uh, he wasn't very good at all. <laughs> he, um, mm-hmm. You know, you expect him to be physical, 
you expect him to bring energy. Uh, there wasn't much of that. You expect him to win faceoffs. He was 22% at the faceoff dot in, in uh, that first game. Uh, so he hasn't gone out and grabbed that. Um, uh, Ryan Paling, I, I, you know, I think I, I look at it a little bit differently. I think that uh, that there's some in in the media that are looking for him to score goals and 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 do something special, be dynamic uh, to earn that spot. Uh, there's some who are are you know arguing against. Uh, um, uh, Paling because they would like to see Paquetta Francophone in that role. Uh, for me, you know, I, I, I saw him in that game last night, um, and uh, his line was, was the best uh, of, of any of the Canadians' lines. Um, you know, the, the, his possession, they, his line dominate. He was with um, uh, Belzeal and... Um, Vedemo. Vedemo, that's right. Uh, they dominated possession last night. Uh, Belzeal got a goal. Um, their, uh, the the uh, shot attempts were 12 to 5, so they weren't giving up anything in their own zone. Uh, they were creating some scoring opportunities um, when they had the puck. I, I thought that was good. Uh, uh, Again, uh, uh, Paling was was very good at the the faceoff dot. He that's an area of his game that he's really improved, uh, up around fifty five percent. He's looked bigger. He's looked quicker. Um, he just hasn't now any. He hasn't had uh, dynamic wingers by any stretch of the imagination. It's it's uh, typically been uh, AHL uh, type wingers. So he hasn't wowed you, uh, but I think uh, a four, I, I think he's the kind of guy that you might want on the fourth line to do exactly what he's been doing in in training camp, and uh, we'll, we'll see if if uh, uh, Dominic Ducharme agrees or not. Let, let's also throw into the mix that uh, Ryan Paling doesn't necessarily have to play center to stay in the lineup. Uh, and that's part of that is because uh, Mike Hoffman, we know, isn't going to be there for opening night. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's still very intriguing—the whole center, the center line position, and uh, like what, like what, like last season, like, like you said earlier, I thought was Ryan Paling's best season. Like uh, throughout the entire season, he was very consistent as well, which sometimes was lacking previously. But last year, I found him consistent from beginning to end. And even every time you would you'd speak to Joel Bouchard last year about uh, Ryan Paling, always uh, very positive, always very good evaluation that that the coach provided to him. And and this year, like you said, like you said, like in the in the it's two preseason games. Like he hasn't like wowed us as well, but but at the same time the two games that he played are the two games that the Canadians as a whole as a team were the worst. So mm-hmm. it makes it even tougher in in those situations as uh, as well. So I'm I'm hoping like like tonight, uh, not only Paling but the rest of the team shows up better than they did. Uh, you know we'll say on Friday against the. Uh, the Senators. And just to add uh, to what you said, uh, this will be the first preseason game for Brendan Gallagher. Um, he'll be playing with Suzuki and Toffoli, taking Caulfield's spot, and maybe uh, he can bring some uh, energy uh, to that uh, mm-hmm. roster. 
Yeah, so so we'll see what happens there. And uh, and now on on defense, there there's still you know a, a battle available for the number six and number seven uh, defensemen. Uh, so the battle right now is between, you know, Chris Weidman, who who assigned from the KHL, Caden Gooley, uh, Matthias Norlander, and Sami Niku, and obviously like like we, like Rick mentioned earlier, Sami Niku's out with concussion. So essentially, you know, I think we could assume that his camp will likely be over with the Canadians. Matthias Norlander, we still don't have word if he'll play in any of the two final regular season games, but. Speaking of Matthias Norder, let's start with him first. Uh, ben Sharot spoke about him. They they played together a, a little bit. Um, uh, sorry, they did play together, I should say, not a little bit. They, they played together on Monday when the Canadiens won 5-2 over the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he was asked to speak about the, the young defenseman. Yeah, I mean, not far at all. He's, uh, you know, obviously a slick, slick skater, um, Good offensive instincts. He doesn't lack confidence. He, he calls for the puck and um, can tell he's played with men for a few years. I believe he played in the Swedish league there for the last couple of years. So um, seems comfortable. Kind of makes you know professional um, plays. No, not really any kind of immaturity in his game. So I played one preseason game with him, and at that it was a bit of a I wasn't be, be able to get out there with him too much. But um, yeah, no, he looks. Uh, Looks like he's he's got a bright future, and he's talking about uh, the special teams intruding on the the natural um, uh, rotation. Uh, but uh, and and listen, you expect uh, teammates to say nice things about teammates, uh, particularly about uh, younger players who are 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 in their first camp. Um, but I liked what he said about uh, Norlander uh, not having immaturity in his game. Uh, that he's used to playing with men, that he has the confidence to call for, uh, for the puck, and um, and and yes, uh, Norlander, uh, he can he he's the kind of defenseman that the Canadians want a puck mover, uh, who's good in the offensive zone. Um, his issues are are in his own zone that uh, he hasn't looked uh, terribly good defending. Uh, maybe doesn't have the strength to win battles uh, in the corner and and uh, still getting used to the smaller ice surface. And, and there's never a good time to get injured, but uh, this wasn't a good time for Matthias Noller to get injured because right. it's gonna it's gonna make the evaluation it's gonna make the decision for the Canadians even more difficult. The fact that he 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 didn't play last night. He didn't. He's not playing against the Senators tonight, and we don't know yet if he'll play the the final two games. So. Uh, I already thought from the start that he was going to head back home, that he wouldn't stay with the Canadians, but I think this injury will um, likely, you know, head, force the Canadians to uh, to cut him from, from Montreal. Or, on the other hand, you know, he could still stick around while he's recovering with his injury. So, so we'll see what happens there, depending on the severity of the injury as well. Let's let's move on now to talk about Caden uh, Kaden Gooley. So Kaden Gooley, he's had, even from last season in Laval, like, uh, he, he played a handful of games, I think it was three games he played with the Rocket last season. And and even from last season, when 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 you would ask Joel Bouchard to speak about Kaden Gooley, 
always positive. He always mentioned how impressed he was with his work ethic, with his with his attitude, his demeanor, and it continued this season as well. He had a good rookie camp uh, as well. Jean-François Oul uh, at the rookie camp was also very positive about Caden Gouli, and even in the preseason games that he's that he's played, he's looked um, he, he's looked good. You know, obviously he's rookie, so so there was a couple of mistakes. Like there was even one goal in the Friday game that you know he lost a battle and led to a goal, but that's normal. He's a he's a young player, but he's definitely left a good impression, and he's played with uh, with Savard for most of the of the the preseason and during the practices. And let's hear what he had to say about the young defenseman. You know, like I said, I think he looked really good out there. I think he he's a calm uh, kid, and he, he he looks like he's working really hard in the gym and. You know, obviously, it's it's my first few weeks being around him, but I'm really impressed of of uh, his attitude off the ice, on the ice, and the way he he uh, he kind of prepare himself for practice and stuff like this. And uh, you know, his, his future is really bright. Uh, so uh, interesting words there. That uh, and and uh, it's not the first time that Savard has has said uh, how calm Gouli is. Um, he, he doesn't get rattled on the ice or, or in the, uh, the, the media availabilities, uh, when being pressed, um, he's, he's mature, he's calm, he has a great attitude. Um, he talks about, um, how, how mistakes are part of the game and it's not, it's not whether you make a mistake or not, you're going to, it's how you react afterwards. Um, and he has reacted very well. And, and yes, there was uh, uh, a mistake here and there uh, through uh, the, the preseason games he's played, but he's looked very good. And certainly he was better than, than the veteran Savard last night uh, on that, that pairing. Um, when you think about this logically, um, he's young, he's, 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 he's a rookie, um, he didn't play very much last season, just a couple of games with Laval and then went back to uh, Prince Albert and, and got uh, and got injured. Um, and uh, so, you know, it, it makes sense for him to go back to the, the WHL. Uh, it, he'll have an opportunity with the World Juniors where he'll likely be the captain of Team Canada uh, when if he if he goes back. Uh, the whole experience with with rushing uh, Kakinyemi and and uh, so it it it, it says uh, send uh, Guli back to to junior, but he's played really really well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I you know logically it makes sense to send him back, but out of anybody, um, he his play is is overwhelming. That it's it's saying. Um, he, he can play, uh, he can play in the NHL. Now, can he play 82 games? Can he play, you know, uh, who knows? Uh, probably not. Uh, probably it's best, best to go, uh, back to uh, junior, but he's said through this training camp that his job is to make it, uh, the decision hard for management and for coaching staff. And he's doing exactly that. He's, he's been, he, he's been very good. He's been better than, than expected. Remember when we came into this camp, all the talk, all the buzz was about Norlander and whether Norlander would, would uh, take that final spot. Uh, Gooley has been the better of, of the two uh, young players. 
Yeah. And and since like the start of the training camp, one of the consistent messages that we've heard from Dominic Ducharme, say whether it's been in the media tour that he did at the start of camp or in his press conferences, he keeps saying that uh, there's uh, he's never heard of a player coming too late to the NHL. So I think he's kind of preparing the territory. <laughs> he's yeah. kind of tr- trying to soften the blow that, you know, that Gouli will end up going to the juniors. And depending on UL Edmonton and and when he's expected to come back, uh, there, there could be two spots available. So there's, a, there's, so there's a chance that they keep him to start, you know, like the, the, the season until Joel Edmondson comes back, you know, maybe just to hang around with the pros and get to learn from them a bit before going to, uh, to the juniors. But I think ultimately, like Chris Weidman, Will be the one that uh, that will get that uh, the final uh, the final role, but like you mentioned, Caden Gooley, his goal was to make it difficult, the decision difficult for the management, and let's hear him. Yeah, um, just just play my game and um, don't try to be someone that I'm not. And um, I mean, they they drafted me and brought me here for a reason, so um, just do that and um, be a good team guy um, off the ice and on the ice, and um, you know, just play my game and um, hopefully. Uh, makes it hard on them and um yeah but i mean again not not really in my control yeah they just worry about what you worry about uh, what's in your control and and uh and what's in his control is is uh, playing like the guy uh and, and that they drafted and and he's doing that and and more um he's been he's been very impressive as i said both on and off the ice um and uh you have to be excited uh, for the for for when he joins the the lineup full time. And as you said, maybe there's you know with those nine games uh, that he can stay uh, that that might allow a, a buffer period for uh, Edmondson to come back and then send him to junior. Uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, he's really made uh, a case uh, that that he belongs uh, with the team. Yeah, I think he's he's shown that. That he will be an NHL player. I think he's definitely confirmed that with his uh, with his play so far. Uh, let's talk about now um, in goal. Uh, just uh, and and we don't want to short uh, uh, change uh, Chris Weidman. Um, I'll, I'll just say that Chris Weidman has uh, uh, impressed me. Uh, he's better than than uh, advertised. Um, you know, he's he's contributed. Uh, offensively, he's contributed on the power play. He's pretty good in his own end. Uh, he's got a good stick. He's going to be outmatched. He's going to be, you know, he doesn't have a physical game. Uh, but uh, Chris Weidman has, has and, and Chris Weidman's been great in the media availabilities too, uh, saying mm-hmm. all the right things. Uh, I think Chris Weidman's impressed and uh, probably has a leg up over uh, Brett Kulak uh, for that spot. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. Okay, so now let's move on to the goalies. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so like we mentioned in, in the first segment, so Carey Price is expected to return on the ice on Monday to start skating. Unclear whether it'll be, he'll be skating alone or with the team. Most likely he'll be skating uh, alone. Uh, still unclear, I guess. I guess we can't be sure if he, whether he'll start the regular season or not. So that leaves us a couple of questions to um, for for training camp. So, if Carey Price 
doesn't isn't ready for game one of the regular season. So Jake Allen, you know, he'll he'll have to carry the load until Price is ready. If that's the case, like he did uh, last season, and then well for that for that backup spot, Caden Primo, Michael McNiven, they're still around at the training camp. In last Saturday's game against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, when uh, both those goalies shared the game, like it was scheduled that they both shared the game. Uh, Michael McNiven looked better than Caden Primo. Michael McNiven was lights out when he when he came into that game. Caden Primo he he struggled. Uh, that duo will get another opportunity uh, tonight, but Caden Primo scheduled to begin the um, I'm sorry scheduled to play the entire game against the Senators on uh, on Saturday night. And and I know Rick there's another layer to this goaltending question. That'll, that'll leave you speak to to that one, but uh, there's still. Uh, I think I was personally expecting Caden Primo last Saturday to look better than than what he than what he did. Yeah, I agree. He he didn't look um, good at all, and 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 it it was uh, things that he talked about that he worked on in the summer about. Uh, his um, being better at reading plays, being better at tracking the puck. Um, he said he worked on it in this in the summer, and and that was the part of the of his game that failed him. Uh, or those were the parts of his game that failed him uh, last week. He he didn't look good at all. Michael McNiven, uh, yes, he made that uh, that uh, flub uh, where he gave the puck away, uh, a puck handling mistake. Um, but as far as the goaltending part, uh, he looked pretty solid in that game, um, and and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, the the Canadians want um, Caden Primo to do well, and they'll give every opportunity for him to to uh, do well tonight. He'll get the full game. Although on Friday night's game, Jake Allen was was. Uh, uh, slated to get that uh, entire game, and after giving up six goals, Dominic Ducharme uh, threw him a rescue line, and Kevin Poulin went in. Uh, so let's hope that's not the case uh, tonight. Um, that Caden uh, Caden uh, Primo is able to uh, have a strong game. Um, but the, the the wrinkle in all of this is Bill Daly's comments that they're still evaluating. Yes, it's late. Yes, the season's about to start. But the NHL is still evaluating a request from uh, NHL general managers uh, to designate a third taxi squad goaltender. And he's, Bill Daly said that they would decide towards the end of training camp whether they would add that uh, to the roster. So in the Canadians' case... Um, do you want your taxi squad goaltender? We, we saw Charlie Lindgren in that role last year. Do you want uh, Caden Primo in that role, or do you want uh, uh, Michael McNiven there uh, and Caden Primo getting lots of games, getting lots of action uh, in, in Laval? Um, or, as you said, the other part of that is, uh, is Carey Price going to be ready absolutely on game one? Um, we don't know that. And, uh, and then who's your, uh, backup goaltender. Yeah. And I think that like the goaltending in general is, uh, will be quite interesting this year because even if you look at the Montreal Canadian situation, uh, uh, let's assume a, a carry price is healthy. 
with the Olympics coming in, like, so Carey Price is expected to be, like, you know, part of Team Canada, whether starting or whatever, like, that's another debate for another episode, but he, he's definitely scheduled um, to be selected by Team Canada to represent Canada at the Olympics. So now does, do the Canadians start managing his loads based on the fact that he'll be playing in the Olympics as well? So that's, like, I think, a whole different gymnastics as well that um, the Canadians and the coaching staff and Carey Price himself we we'll need to decide how to manage that. So, so in that particular case, a taxi squad, like with a taxi squad goalie, I should say, would, would be beneficial for uh, for the Canadians as well. All right. So let's take our final break here in the Canadians Connection. When we come back, we'll tell you what to expect this upcoming week. Stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 157 of the Canadians Connection podcast on uh, Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. And, well, with the start of the, the season, like, uh, you know, training camp, uh, preseason games, regular season starting in, in about 10 days, lots of coverage uh, on, on Rocket Sports, and... Well, I'll begin with speaking with my own. I'm going to do some self-promotion here every Monday morning. 
the, the Habs Notepad is published on uh, allhabs.net, which will wrap up the, the news. We'll see it over the weekend for the Canadians' latest stories. Uh, I'm going to throw in a couple of thoughts. I'll probably throw in my season prediction in there next week as well for uh, for the Canadians. And then during the week, the, the Habs headlines with, uh, with yourself, Rick, uh, that, they'll be published as well. And just to add to that, we have a brand new contributor, uh, Elizabeth B. She has her first uh, post out about uh, the excitement of of the uh, return of the season. She's going to be doing articles for us um, uh, from a fan perspective, and uh, and we look forward to to her contributions. Uh, if you go to YouTube, youtube.com slash allhabs, you'll find the contributions from Ben Danku, our uh he puts together uh, short videos um, each week, and uh, his last one is is called "In Enemy Territory." He was in Scotiabank uh, for that tough game against uh, the Leafs, and uh, it's a it's a very fun. Uh, even though there's a loss, uh, uh, seeing Ben uh, in his uh, Canadians jersey amongst the Leafs fans was uh, was a lot of fun. Um, so make sure that uh, that you're you're going to allhabs.net. Uh, and finding our, our articles there, youtube.com slash allhabs, uh, and as well contribute on our uh, Facebook, uh, our fan page on Facebook, facebook.com slash allhabs. There's all kinds of ways for you to interact with us. Didn't uh, Ben was at a Canadians game in the playoffs last season? He was. And the Canadians lost, right? Uh-oh. Is, is there a pattern here? <laughs> Well, he's on two. He has he's on a two-game losing streak. <laughs> well, we got to get him. So, so Ben, yeah, make him watch some Leafs games, but not when the Habs are there. Yeah, that's right. And so, speaking of the okay. Leafs, yeah, speaking of the Leafs, uh, new uh, series that came out on Amazon Prime for them on uh, October first, which was on uh, Friday. And one thing I could promise to you is. Even though I'm here all weekend, right outside of Place Bell, waiting for the rocket camp to begin, one thing for sure is I won't be watching that series. But. <laughs> it's a fascinating. I've I've only watched the first episode. Um, it's it's a fascinating uh, the the Amazon Prime uh, uh, series, uh, All or Nothing. It's called uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's fascinating because all last season they had inside access. Uh, even during the pandemic, um, uh, to uh, the, the the conversations in the room, in the dressing room, uh, on the bench, on the ice, and uh, the, that that uh, uh, interaction between the coaches and and players, and uh, the coach and the general manager, and um, it's actually quite fascinating. And of course, it, it's a five episode series. I'm looking forward to. Uh, probably, I guess it's episode five, uh, where the Leafs season is crushed after having a three-one lead by uh, in the the first round of the playoffs by the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, that should be that should be worth the price of admission alone. I, you you sold me on that one. I think I'm going to watch episode five only. <laughs> All right, <laughs> if that's the case. <laughs> All right, Rick, we, we also uh, received a message from one of our listeners. Um, our dear friend Dino, who uh, writes us uh, uh, several times a week at uh, info at allhabs.net, 
he had uh, uh, we, we had a conversation about a, a couple of uh, uh, alumni uh, in the organization. But at the end, he says um, he thinks his prediction for this season uh, that it's going to be tough to make the playoffs, but he believes that uh, the Canadians will squeak in right at the very end. That's Dino's prediction for the upcoming season. He said, we'll see, take good care. I really appreciate all you do for the fans. Uh, and he's talking about the entire Rocket Sports team. Uh, it does not go unnoticed. Uh, have a great season uh, to the team at, at Rocket Sports. So we appreciate uh, the encouragement and support and uh, all of our uh, readers and listeners uh, on uh, all of our platforms. Yeah, and Dino is a big uh, Gila Fleur fan. Uh, Gila Fleur fan. Sorry, I mispronounced that. And uh, and uh, Gila Fleur was honored uh, earlier this week in in Gatineau when they when they launched their their new arena as well. And Lafleur did mention that he's upcoming this week. He said it to an, a different type of treatment for his cancer. So, you know, we'll, we'll be wishing him his best that it all goes uh, goes well to Guy Lafleur. For sure. Um, Canadians playing three games uh, this week, the final three games in the preseason before the regular season starts. It begins uh, on Saturday night tonight against the Ottawa Senators. That's at the Bell Centre. Then on Tuesday, back in Toronto, uh, against uh, the Leafs, and then concluding their uh, preseason schedule on Thursday against the uh, Ottawa Senators at the Bell Center. And then after that, I'm assuming that's when the final cuts will happen and we'll have all the answers, or at least 99% of our answers, <laughs> ready for next Saturday's episode of the Canadian Action Podcast. So so be a, a quite an interesting week, Rick, coming up for Labs. It'll be a busy week. As you said, lots of questions uh, to be answered, and that should make for a fascinating Canadians Connection next Saturday, October 9th, uh, with uh, Amy Johnson uh, sitting in the host chair. Yeah, so thank you very much, Rick, for listening. Thank you, everybody, as well, for, for tuning in. And... Um, Hmm, that's interesting. Some late-breaking news, Rick, from the Canadians. All right. So, uh, a, little, a waiver claim. For the Canadians, they claimed goalie Samuel Montembeau uh, from, from waivers. Florida. Yeah. Ah. So that's the late-breaking. So how does this fit in into our goaltending uh, question that we spoke about earlier uh that's very huh. I, I like Montembeau um saw him quite a bit uh, uh when he was in the AHL uh and uh that that's interesting I guess maybe they weren't uh, terribly excited with what they saw uh, with respect to Kevin Poulin I don't know uh or there's there's something else going on there that's that's something we're going to have to again another question that's something we're going to have to keep our eyes on um, not often you see waiver claims at this stage be, because the rosters are so loaded. Uh, we remember uh, Noah Juleson claimed by uh, uh, the Panthers from the Canadians uh, in the in uh, just before the opening of, of last season. So uh, now Mark Bergevin repays them and selects uh, Samuel Montembeau. Revenge, that's the big word. There you right? go. <laughs> so he finally got his revenge back on the Noah Juleson pickup. But but it also might be related to uh, to what you mentioned also about the taxi squad, yeah. the potential taxi squad, the third goalie. 
where it, with another with multiple in the picture, well, it, it kind of it would make things clearer. Like uh, if price isn't ready, well, then you kind of have um, a more balanced goaltending situation for anywhere all around. So I uh, just another question added to our list. That's right. We'll have it all sorted out by next week for sure. Yeah, maybe, and, maybe. And yeah, maybe. And I know you, you'll have definitely have more uh, details on this on Tuesday as well on the press zone with, uh, sure. with Amy Johnson. So, so you know, go to your favorite podcast player, hit subscribe, and you'll be able to stay uh, up to date. So on that, Rick, thank you for another great episode. Thank you. Thank you to everybody for listening to the Canadian Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. See you soon. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.